This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. No, it was super impressive. And I think the most impressive part is that he, you know, got punched in the mouth a little bit. You know, Key Bryant's a homer, Reynolds hits a laser, and then he settles right in, does his job, gets out of that first inning with one run, and then it looks really dominant the rest of the way. That was our previous guest talking about our next guest, Ian Happ, on Jordan Wicks. Jordan Wicks, starter for the Chicago Cubs, joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Sports Illinois. Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Hey, Jordan, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you, yourself? Well, we're great. And other than the weather being some literal headwinds for the Cubs convention, it's always a fun time. Ian earlier says to him, as a Cubs veteran, this feels like the unofficial start of the season. How does it feel for you, especially after getting those seven major league starts under your belt last year? Yeah, I think it's definitely really exciting uh, for a lot of us. We really enjoy getting to to be together, um, you know, the first time before spring training kicks up and then um, getting to see the fans' excitement. You know, you you really get excited for the season when you see all of them at Cubs Con and, and their reactions, and it, it really makes you want to get things going. So this is not your first Cubs convention. I know they invite prospects. Is that accurate? Yes, I was here last year as well. Okay, what what what's because it's crazy, man. I've been to a bunch of them, and that is a group of, I don't know. I think the word I would use is very determined fans. There's a look in their eyes at Cubs convention. Of course, they're having fun, but they are determined to meet players, to get autographs, to catch glimpses of the players they want. There's the introductory period in the ballroom. Describe what it was like for you, because I always love hearing that from from guys who have not been sort of enveloped in the Cubs culture at any point in time. What what is what stood out to you? What was it like for you relative to other sort of fan things that you've been through? Man, yeah, it was it was awesome to me just to watch, you know, how prepared they come because you'll have people walking through there with coolers. Um, they are fully committed to be camping out and doing whatever it is necessary <laughs> to get whatever they need to get done. Um, I know I saw a video earlier, me and my wife were watching. We saw a video of them opening the doors earlier today. And, you know, even in a blizzard, there's people lined up outside the door to rush in and get their spots and get where they want to be. And, um, you know, they're, they're professionals with this event. They know where they need to be, what they yes. want to see, what they're looking for. And it's, it's, it's impressive. Are you working on anything new this year? Because the Cubs love to tinker with pitch mix. They love to say, hey, we got all this data about spin and tilt and seam-shifted wake and vertical movement versus horizontal movement. You're good, but you could be even better with this magic that we cooked up in Pitch Lab. Anything from, from the for those guys designing stuff? Um, I think for me personally, it's just um, a little bit of refinement on what I've got. Um, you know, we made a little bit of a, some adjustments with the cutter heading into the off season. Um, and I think that's in a better spot than it's ever been. Um, I think it was a really effective pitch for me last year. You know, we just kind of want to make it to where it's a little bit more consistent um, day in and day out. Um, so that's the one I feel like I've, you know, changed the most on. And, you know, I feel like for me, it's just um, executing, um, just getting used to, you know, throwing my stuff when I want to in the zone and uh, when I want to for chase and, you know, just building off of building off of what I did last year, you know, kind of learning from that and, and just going forward.
Jordan, I'm looking at the the starting staff as it stands right now with you know Justin Steele coming off a spectacular season, Jamison Tyone here, Kyle Hendricks. Uh, they just signed, you guys just signed Shota Imanaga as well. Maybe Drew Smiley. Maybe they're still going to bring somebody in. What have they told you about your spot in the rotation? Do you have a spot locked down in that starting rotation? Or have they told you that you're going to have to compete for a spot? No, yeah, I definitely think it's a it's a competition. Um, you know, I, I look at it as competition every year you come in. Um, you know, I I don't think anything's guaranteed in this game, um, especially at the highest level, and, and I love that. I feel like when you have competitions like that, um, those good, healthy competitions, you end up getting the, the best side out of people. Um, and it ends up, you know, kind of being an iron sharpens iron type of situation, which, um, you know, in my opinion, only benefits our ball club. What did you learn about the difference between minor league hitters and major league hitters in your experience? Because until you actually know, like, wow, that that pitch doesn't have the same effect on these guys as it does as the guys in AAA, what are you able to now know what you can and can't do? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, um, you know, how how disciplined they become and and, um, you know, how well they make adjustments. Um, you know, whether that's from, from game to game or, or within the same game. Um, you know, I think that was the biggest thing was just seeing how teams will adapt to you, trying to adjust. Um, and for me, just, you know, built a lot of confidence in me as well that, you know, even though those teams adjust, like you still have the stuff to get through the lineup. You still have the stuff to be um, very successful, um, which gave me a lot of confidence, but also, you know, gave me a lot of help in, okay, this is how I need to, you know, approach things in between the outings and how I need to, um, you know, adjust kind of as the season goes on. I'm thinking about that that debut of yours with the Cubs at the, in the bigs, and I'm sure you think about that, and I'm sure that uh, family and friends still talk about that as well. The nine strikeouts over five innings after, you know, it was a, the rough start with the, the key Brian Hayes homer and a couple other hard hit balls. Then Tommy Hadovy makes the most important walk out to the mound of <laughs> of all time. Um, how do you reflect on that game still and the and the season that you had and what have your conversations been like with Tommy Hadovy in this off season? Yeah, that was um, that was you know a crazy that was a crazy game for sure. Um, you know, it was one of those that obviously, like you said, you know, didn't start out the best, but then, you know, finished kind of better than you ever could have imagined um, in that game. And, you know, a lot of a lot of credit to Tommy in that moment for just coming out, um, settling me down, just giving me some more confidence, and then just continuing to build the confidence as we go. Um, but, yeah, we just had a lot of conversations about, you know, stuff we've been working on, um, some mechanical stuff we've been working on this off season. Um, to try and help the consistency, um, like we said. And, um, you know, he's been really helpful with the video feedback. We've been kind of sending video back and forth, kind of, you know, talking about what what we're thinking for going into next year. And, um, you know, he's been a great resource for me, especially this offseason. He's always open, always open to talk, you know, willing to give his advice, which, you know, I couldn't appreciate more. What's your off-season plan like as far as conditioning for baseball and also whatever else you're doing, whether it's fishing or golf or whatever it is? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, the first first part of the off-season, I, I work out at uh, University of Central Arkansas is where I lift. Um, I got some guys that I'll throw with um, back home. So a lot of times I try and get up and, 
um, and get my lift in, my running, whatever I have for the day. Um, I'll normally lift at about, you know, 5.30 in the morning. Um, and then some days I'll have yoga after that. Um, I'll go and get my yoga in. Um, and then for me, it's just kind of, you know, do whatever I want for the rest of the day. I'll hang out at the house. Um, we have a chocolate lab, three-year-old chocolate lab. I'll hang out and play with him a lot during the day. Uh, we may go on a couple walks throughout the day. And, you know, I just like being able to get everything done early. That way I have, you know, the rest of the day to do, you know, whatever it is I, I want to do. Well, if you happen to be around Central Arkansas and you see noted alum Scotty Pippen uh, hanging out, tell him he's supposed to get his ass to Chicago for this ceremony tonight. <laughs> I'll make sure to pass along the message if I, if I run into him. Yes, thank you. Now, we should mention that the Twitter handle uh, for our guest is uh, basically a uh, it's a Dallas Cowboys fanboy site is okay. is essentially what the feed is at Jordan underscore Wix nine nine. And I was wonder about how fandom works for states that don't have a, a representative professional team. So is this an Arkansas proximity thing or is this was this uh, the Cowboys fandom passed down to you? Um, it was kind of a mixture of both. Um, my my dad was a uh, was a Cowboys fan growing up. Um, when he was growing up, it was about the only you know team you could get on on national television to watch, and so he kind of became a Cowboys fan. Um, and then growing up in Arkansas, you you pretty much have um, have a lot of Cowboys fans. Um, and now all of a sudden that you know Patrick Mahomes is with the Chiefs, and they've gone to you know like five straight AFC championships or whatever it is. All these Chiefs fans seem to be coming out of the woodworks, which uh-huh. I find interesting, considering mm-hmm. they weren't really there um, when they were having the number one overall pick a couple of years before that. So, you know, I find it interesting that they all of a sudden pop up out of nowhere. So, give right, us your scouting well, report on, yeah. on on this on this team in this game. Yeah. Oh man, well, you know, it's the Cowboys in the playoffs, so you never really uh, you never really understand, you never really know what to expect. Um. I feel like, you know, but playing at home is a big deal for them. They played really well at home this year. Um, I was there for the Cowboys-Eagles game, um, Sunday night football, which was a lot of fun in Dallas. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just going to be, you know, stopping the run. Um, I think if we can stop the run and, and make Jordan Love try and beat us, um, I think we got a good shot. And, and I've been actually really impressed with how Jordan Love has played this year, I know I'm not supposed to say that on Chicago radio, but I mean, I gotta gotta tip my hat where it's where it's due. So he's he definitely poses quite the threat to us. It's an, it's impossible to avoid. I mean, he has been. I cover the Chicago Bears for a living, Jordan, and it's impossible to avoid the the evolution, the improvement arc that has been Jordan Love for sure. But let me ask you one more question about Dallas. Would you, sir? Would you trade? a loss for the Cowboys to get Mike McCarthy fired if Bill Belichick was to take over the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Welcome to Sports Talk Radio. Oh, jeez. Oh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. It's, if, if they lose, I'll, I'll be familiar with the pain. We'll put it that way. You know, it'll be just like – it'll just be another year I'm used to. So, but, man, that, that would be awesome to have Belichick as the, as the head coach of the Cowboys. I, I kind of said that whenever – about midway through the season when it kind of came out that, you know, the it was kind of rumored that the Patriots and Belichick, you know, might split up or whatever. And I said, I, I can tell you right now, if we don't make a serious run, I think uh-huh. Jerry's going to do everything he can to bring him to Dallas. 
All right, Jordan, so tell us about what your weekend is going to entail here. I know it ends up being kind of a whirlwind, but as far as the guys you're looking forward to seeing, with whom you're going to be hanging out, what uh, you're going to be keeping some late hours here and, and making the most of it? Yeah, we're going to you know enjoy being in the city. Uh, me and my wife went out to dinner last night. Um, we're going to go, obviously, to the opening ceremonies um, today, and we have a little um, kind of meet and greet before. Um, where, you know, we'll get to see a lot of the, like, um, you know, current players, former players, um, just a lot of people you hadn't seen in a while. And so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of excitement um, for me just kind of meeting some of the guys. I'll, I'll get to meet, um, you know, Craig for the first time. I'm excited right. to get to talk to him in person. Um, you know, I always love talking to, uh, talking to Kyle. I've talked to him a little bit in, in the off season and, you know, we're always excited to, to get back together and, and chop it up. So, you know, just getting back together and seeing some of the guys that, you know, we saw last year is, is going to be awesome. What are your initial impressions of, of Craig council? Just as, especially from anything, you know, about the chatter from having played against him. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's an, it's an unbelievable track record, um, you know, an unbelievable track record of, of consistency there. And I feel like he's done um, an unbelievable job when he was, when he was in Milwaukee and, you know, I know he, he garners a ton of respect. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to, you know, actually get to meet him in person and, and, and talk baseball with him and, you know, um, get into spring training and just, just see how he goes about his business. Where'd you eat last night, by the way? We went to Maple and Ash last night, which is a very solid spot. Indeed. Jordan Wicks, thanks so much. This is fun. Awesome. Thank you. See you, man. That is Cubs pitcher Jordan Wicks. Yeah, figuring out, especially with with Imanaga assured of a rotation spot, it definitely does change the the math a little bit as they're starting to figure out how they're going to do this. But whether starting or not, I mean, he and he only started last year, but all the all the live arms you can get is is what they're they're trying to compile. Right. I mean, like the cease. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that the Cubs will be the destination for him. But Shane Bieber's name has come up. He's still out there. Is Drew Smiley still going to be part of this? I mean, that would be three lefties in your rotation. Um, you know, and you know, hey, Jamison Tyone had a had a you know overall a rough season. You know, so there there is could there be competition there? I don't I don't you know I assume Tyone will be a starter going into this season, but I do think that uh, Wicks is going to be a valuable piece somewhere in this Cubs rotation. But what a what a big deal it would be if Tyone is able to optimize everything. It took him so long to figure out last year. What a huge deal. It would make sense. I mean, like he's he's been a steady performer, not not the ace that I think a lot of us thought he was going to be when the Pirates took him what number 2 overall, and he did he has had some nice moments in his career for sure even with the Pirates. Um but yeah, I I think and I think Tyone's going to be on with Parkinson Spiegel later on today as a matter of fact too, and he's all always great. Um, when he comes on, so I'll be looking forward to hearing from him and I do think he'll probably get himself straightened out this year. Indeed, he will be on because Parkins and Spiegel are going to be live today from Cubs Convention at the Grand Sheraton Hotel from 2 to 6.45 p.m. They'll be joined by Craig Council, 
Carter Hawkins, Nico Horner, Jamison Tyone, and more. And then tomorrow, inside the clubhouse with David Haw and Bruce Levine, live at Cubs Convention from 9 to 11 a.m., where they'll be joined by both Jed Hoyer and Dansby Swanson. And all of this can be heard right here on your home of the Cubs, 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Meanwhile, did you have any thoughts on, on Marcus Stroman, the Yankee? How about that? I mean, Ooh, boy, he, he 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 did not quite handle life in the big city, the the Mets version of New York, particularly well. I'm sure that you know the Yankees fans will give him the benefit of the doubt because that is a different, obviously a completely different fan base. But I don't know. I'm a little surprised that Marcus Stroman wanted to give that another go. When we come back, I know you've been wanting to do this. This is the like the first thing when we got in, in the show meeting today. We're all talking about we're gonna go, you know, bears and and bulls and everything else. You're like, no, 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 no. There's a very specific bulls thing that caught your eye. Yes, there is, and I will recite it next on the Bernstein and Holmes show with me, Mark Grody, on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, midday 10 to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Good evening. Hey, I want to thank uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Reinsdorf for uh, starting the Ring of Honors. Uh, I want to congratulate all the other recipients. I am so bummed that I can't be there tonight, uh, but I don't want that to stop the fun that you guys are going to actually have, and believe me. I am very grateful and very honored um, to the fans. Uh, You guys have supported me ever since I stepped foot in Chicago. Well, why can't you be here, Michael Jordan? Come on, man. I am so bummed. I'm so bummed I can't be there. Of course, you you don't want to be there, but, I mean, you could be there. But that's Michael Jordan. And see, that's... In his old age, like uh, the younger, angrier Michael Jordan would have used this as an opportunity to come in and settle old scores and 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 fire at people and being and, and ripping on Jerry Krause because he's not here to defend himself. So, yeah, the fact that he it, took the high road in any way is probably progress. But no, he will not be here. But that isn't stopping luminaries from penning their respective odes to various Bulls greats. That is true, and there is one in particular which which caught my eye. I don't know if I could read this whole thing because it's pretty long. Handwritten letter by Eddie Vedder, lead singer of Pearl Jam, discussing number 91, Dennis Rodman. So if I may, I would like to read this over a lovely bed of present tense. I remembered this from the Jordan documentary. <clears throat> oh, it starts like this. All right. First of all, Mark Grody, thank you for inspiring me to write this letter. Um, people, let me tell you about the one and only one number 91, Mr. Dennis Rodman. He is surprisingly well-known considering that not too many people truly get to know him. His legend and his legacy all come from his work on the court. And at a certain point in his elevated life and colorful career, Mark Grody, his infinite energy evolved into existence that not even 
the magnificent magnificence of the hardwoods could contain but never should the extracurricular pull focus from the history that was made the history he helped create he came from san antonio all right and brought with him a fire an infamous pass as a bad boy era detroit piston would make a future with their most heated rival the chicago bulls highly unlikely if not completely unmanageable and it was a decision not made likely turning the page a little more dennis rodman was not only an idea but a strategy and all parties had to agree <laughs> phil michael scotty they all came to the conclusion that dennis was an animal maybe that's where they wrote the song but he'd be <laughs> he'd be our animal <laughs> a beast of the backboard a master of the mind game he would be encouraged and supported and their faith in him was rewarded it goes on longer but i just thought that i would read a little bit of that from the handwritten version by eddie vetter did that give Thanks, you goosebumps eddie. dan it gave me something <laughs> i am so bummed that i can't be there tonight so bummed <laughs> I think, so it gave, I think it gave me. Oh man, I really stools. wish I could have been there. Oh man, it's exactly the line that people use when they are invited somewhere and don't want to go, and then so they bummed. decline. Oh, I'm so bummed I can't go. Oh man, oh. I, I plans. I, I plans. I was looking forward to your stupid party for so long. <laughs> it's like on thing? the fa- it's like Family Guy when Meg is upset and they're like, Oh, you're like, oh, I'm the worst. Oh, no, you're not. You're good. People like you. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes, Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Are you a fan of Billy Joel? Are you a fan of Stevie Nicks? Maybe you're a fan of both. Well, guess what? They are both coming back to Chicago for a one-night-only performance, their first ever for either one at Soldier Field. It's Friday, June 21st, and tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com, so you can get them there. However, caller 6 to the scores contest line, 312-540-0670, will win a pair of tickets to an unforgettable evening of live music with Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks. So call that number now. And if you are caller 6, congratulations to you. I thought we'd give this a run, too, because everyone says this is hilarious. I have not heard it yet, but it is uh, definitely recommended that we run it. As we know, that there was the the big gala last night, the Bulls Ring of Honor gala, and there, had a, there was a, a red carpet aspect to it. And one of the inductees, uh, Tony Kukoc, was introduced by John Sally. Oh, my God, Tony Kukoc. <laughs> you? You? <laughs> One of my favorite people on the planet. Wow. Thank you. Amazing to say that. Uh, yeah. Tony. Uh, no, Tony. Go ahead. It's Tony, it's your turn. No. 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 He's really black. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the black side of Croatia. I just thought I'd let you know he's on the black side of Croatia. 
<laughs> He's really black. He's from the black side of Croatia. Well, see, now we've been burying the. Yeah, I love Sifu's black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you would. Yeah, we, we all that's, would. Yes. That's Montez Sweat, by the way. That, that cool, cut right there. Yeah, by the way, I was, I, was, I was there for that, and uh, I just remembered him saying that, and everybody kind of looking at Are we allowed to say something right now? Or you should have. Black? Yeah, probably. You, you, you really would? You'd like to see Flu's black? Really? <laughs> yeah, I love to see Flu's black. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, man? Hey, man. Let's go, man. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know. I What's know? up, yours? I didn't know that there was the, what do you call the black side of Croatia? He's really that. black. He's from the black side of Croatia. Did oh, not man. know. Nice okay. guy. I, I, Tony Kukoc, always cool guy to cover. And my, my favorite moment, I've related this before, where I was in the locker room. And as players do, they are when they are given their comp tickets to before they're taken to will call, the players write, or they used to at least, they would actually take out a pen and they would write on the ticket envelopes you know, for whom the tickets were designated, and then the little factotum would grab them and, and take them away. And I realized there's, there's Tony, and he's writing right-handed. And it's one of the most left-handed basketball players you know, we've ever seen. I think it, might, might, it would be him and John Crotty would be the two most left-handed. And I said, I didn't know you wrote right-handed. He goes, yeah. I said... Is that is that the only thing other than is that the only thing you do right handed? And he just oh, looks no. at me and it oh. says and just goes, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dude, ew. Go get it, baby. Come on, man. So when he said it though, is he was he looking yeah. at you like you no, know he, what he, I mean? He, of course he did. <laughs> like, he just got he, he lifts his head up and he just goes, Nope. nope. I guess I asked for that, even though I didn't really. Uh, all right, we will go mine. Uh, we'll right, send man. it out to the Cubs convention at the Grand Sheraton. Parkins and Spiegel are standing by for an extended show with a massive cast of guests and surprises. So they will set the scene for us at CubsCon next. Yeah, I love to see Flu's Black.